0: Welcome, this is Mary Frances.
1: And this is Jenna. And, and together, together we, we are Insanely, insanely relative.
0: relative. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's April 20th, 2022. And we are going to have a live guest shortly um, named Adam Radcliffe. He is an actor, producer. I believe he does some writing as well. Um, I was fortunate to meet Adam when a girlfriend of mine, Kelly Meyer, had called and uh she had said hey would you like to be an extra in a movie and i was like uh yeah you don't have to ask me twice (laughs) so it was a movie that adam was doing called subway sun at the time and um we had a screening at ambler i think i actually ended up cut on the floor but but that's okay at least you had the opportunity to do that it was fun I met some really neat people and I got to meet Adam and his lovely wife and um there was another woman Connie a great actress that was really cool um it was fun it was a lot of fun
1: so anyway you were looking at his bio right yes yeah a lot of uh neat stuff that he's part of why don't you you want to say a few things about his bio? Sure. Yeah. Well, he's done several things.
0: Uh, right Before Your Eyes was an amazing movie that he did. I mean, it brought me to tears. It Aww. was just fantastic. Um, he's, he's done Boardwalk Empire on HBO, Law and Order Special Victims Unit on NBC, House of Cards, Brotherly Love, South of Cards. I love House of I mean, there's been so, and actually it was funny. I was walking this morning with a girlfriend and I had told her that we were going to be talking to Adam today and she's like, oh my gosh, I've been watching Flight Attendant and I saw him last I saw him last, last. Yeah, That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So oh, we had a little background yeah. feed there. I think we're going to, I think we have Adam. I think we're going to let him in. Let's see what happens here. I think he's there. Is he there? Adam, can you hear us?
2: I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hi. Hey, what's up? I, is, is this supposed to, listen, I am not a podcast aficionado. I don't. I, I have never even really watched one. Okay. Um, okay. I know this, strange this day and age, but uh, am I supposed to have a camera on me? No. <laughs> oh. Just voice. The iPad didn't matter because it didn't work. Oh, okay. Um,
0: thanks for having me on. Thank you. I really do appreciate you doing this. Jenna and I are super excited to talk to you about some of your projects. And like I said, I mean, people are starting to notice you, and that's super exciting, right?
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, It's uh, it's a lot of things. It's exciting. It's um, – is there less feedback now, guys? I'm inside yes. now. Yeah. Yes. I was uh, waiting for my wife and my, my son has a half day today so we had to, that's that also um, kind of incorporates everything that I was about to say which is the pressure now is on to continue um, to have a family, I'm not just a guy that's you know venturing in and out of New York City like I was in my 20s and early 30s I'm, I'm taking care of a family with a, a dream and um, and it's come to fruition but at the same time I'm now um, the last two years finding myself needing to one up myself. So that's, um, you know, it's not a, it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just, it is what it is. I've stepped into a realm of making this, this dream, this vision, a reality. And, um, you know, the sky is the limit, but at the end of the day, you have to make the right moves in order to get get to the next phase right so. so
0: yeah so on that how long of a process has this been for you because it's been a while right
2: uh i moved to new york city i actually was an intern to get my my degree in communications media um film and tv at nbc 10 in philly to, so that was the final thing that i had to do in 2002 august of 2002 Mm -hmm. and when my advisor came to check in on me um i had a theater minor she knew it and um you know she was a very friendly person she she was actually my um we we did slideshows so whatever public speaking class uh for for communications so she was really sweet and she said what do you think they're looking to hire you on i was working under vice at and john clark and logging the phillies highlights and You know, it was summertime. I was young. I was 23, 24. And and I said, This is cool. Um, But I just had a vision for myself. And at that time, I was in a very good, different place where I had found myself for a good few years. I quit drinking. I I, I quit drinking at 21. So Mm -hmm. I was just a different kid um, becoming a man. And I I said to her, I pointed at the Law and Order poster because NBC, Law and Order, same network, right? And I said, That's what I want to do. So that summer of 2002 she she said well that's what you got to do and and i i was lucky enough to find um a friend in sobriety whose daughter was on broadway at the time she was like 10 she played baby louise and gypsy and uh i was just working at a car wash in doyle's town and traveling to philly at night and saving a bunch of money to move to los angeles so i had you know i had a few thousand saved and lo and behold i went to see this girl on broadway and jack nicholson is sitting the seat in front of me and I'm, I fell in love with New York city. And I said, that's not like, you know, my plans are changing. So the father was, yeah, the father was actually in an acting class. So he's like this eternal acting student while his daughter has now become relatively famous. Her name is Addison Timlin. She's from Quakertown, Pennsylvania, but she was on Californications. She had a huge role with David Duchovny in Californications. She's now a 28 year old, you know, mother of two, but, uh, yeah. So I moved to New York city in, in 2002 <laughs> and I actually was her like caretaker for a time, even though she had cash flow on Broadway. Um, you know, I, I didn't move in with that family, but I stayed close with that family cause they were all, you know, basically living vicariously through this little girl. And, uh, it was just very fortuitous and, and, and I was fortunate to meet the right people at the right time. And the class that I jumped into Vincent D'Onofrio was the assistant teacher. Um, talk about lucky and i never really had a whole heck of a lot of luck in my life i was i mean i was lucky to be athletic and 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 be kind of nurtured by football coaches and coaches throughout my life but my life was rough the typical actor guy that had a lot of different um battles and demons fighting as a kid and youngest of uh four brothers and uh just a kind of broken home a lot of love a lot of mr misguided crazy chaos dysfunction and uh like i said 21 years old it all kind of came to a head and I wound up getting sober and 23 years later you know my story has kind of kept evolving and I always knew early 40s and I'll wrap up with this I always knew I had a feeling because a I saw it I saw the formula of actors that kind of hit very young and I was very young but I wasn't you know I wasn't I wasn't Somebody that didn't have a lot of competition. Everybody looked good in their 20s. Everybody was, you know, had some sort of a resume. And I didn't have that great of a resume for television anyway. I got my first speaking role in 2005 on Criminal Intent. And it was a casting person that I paid to be seen. Um, And it was Vince's show, my teacher. It was actually his show, Criminal Intent. So they put in a word that they saw me at this uh, seminar that they provide. And lo and behold... 24 years old, 25 years old, I get my first speaking role in law and order. So to answer your question with a really long winded answer, it's been since 2005. So I've had my SAG card since 2005. The last three years I've made a living and have done nothing else but teach. uh, Just a little odd jobs here and there to stay in shape. But for the most part, acting is what I've been doing. I'm producing a film, a documentary on Tom Sizemore that I raised right around $150,000 for locally. Which is amazing, and then I'm doing another independent film. So I've kind of thrown in the producer hat as well because I'm the type of guy I've, I've worn every single hat you know side job there is selling cars, um, washing cars. I actually rode a pedicab in New York City for five years, a bike taxi. You know what that guy? You know what that is? Yeah. Yes. So I I, I met a lot of people. <laughs> I had Donna Karen on my bike. Uh, she kept oh, wow. me very little um <laughs> uh, but I, would, I would pick people up at the ritz carlton and take them to broadway shows and you know i kind of opened myself up before i got to new york and, at 24 i didn't even know where times square was and wow. uh within you know a couple months i knew the whole city like the back of my hand because i was on this bike and it just it was a, it was an obsession if somebody actually said to me while i was petty cabin one day in, in midtown there right around broadway uh I took it from Billy Joel to Penn station, the Billy Joel, um, show. Remember it was on 46 forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the hell was the name of that show? Was and, it uh, Piano Man? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I, I forget. It, it might've been Piano Man. It was a huge show for a very long time. Billy show, uh, compilation of music, but she said you have to be obsessive and you know, you have these little messages. Um, And I I see you, Mary, I see you posting messages every day. That's a skill, by the way, that you have. (laughs) Thank you. Very hard to post a message with such short terminology and really impact a lot of people. And you have that gift. And that's what this lady did for me. She said, you have to be obsessive about your career. And it kind of hit me right between my eyes. And I said to myself, well, I'm here. This This is what it is now. And I was always obsessive about sports. So I just applied everything that I knew about sports and I excelled at a high level in sports to this. And uh, I knew it was a long game. And here we are now. I'm finally making a living. And, you know, my wife's insured. Everybody's insured. Um, The most gratifying thing about what I'm able to do right now is pay for groceries and and make sure that everybody's taken care of. and, And I just want that to continue. Vacations, the whole nine, you know.
0: Well, you know you know what I love about you is that you have been incredibly grounded and I think that a lot of times people let things go to their head. And first of all I want to congratulate you on your sobriety because that in and of itself is is just fantastic. And without um, without
2: that and without my wife, I I I wouldn't be here today for sure. Well we're glad you are. (laughs) Um heavy but in today's society it's it's becoming less of a novelty right i mean um being sober at 21 years old in in 1999 was kind of new for a lot of people but my brother had been sober for eight years he got sober at 18 so um you know and he, he knew he knew that it was just a matter of time with me hoped it passed me by but it didn't and i went to dark places and that's why i am grounded you know i see a lot of people making it young and i feel bad for the britney spears of the world that Mm-hmm. They make it. They have no idea who they are, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I'm lucky to have faced a lot of tornadoes and tried really hard to be the eye of the storm for as long as it took. I mean, I lost a child at 14 years sobriety. Life hasn't always been, you know, so kind, even in sobriety. But um, I, yeah, I'm a I guy don't know pretty-
0: how somebody gets gets through something like that. I mean, that is is just
2: tragic i mean oh my goodness yeah i mean the weirdest thing about that and i don't know if you guys are believers but it's neither here nor there for me um my wife my wife and i obviously got through it because we tried again and carter came along i'd be remiss if i didn't say he helped a great deal uh he came right after 11 months after that whole incident and um we leaned on each other and it, it made us closer um but the weirdest thing about acting my I felt like my daughter said here you go daddy here's a bunch of acting jobs you know I'll see you when you are I'll see you when you're done because all of a sudden I just I started working like every audition I was you know one out of three that I was auditioning for I would land and uh, that's when I was about 36 37 so yeah
0: so you're, I know you're very spiritual. I mean, you have, you have faith. Um, and because just, I know in that movie that you did uh, right before your eyes, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about that and what inspired that? Cause did that come from subway sun? Was that a, cause what happened to subway sun?
2: Yes. It, it, I, I, um, it's so funny that you asked me that because I, I think most people don't realize how I'm still to this day trying to get it made. Um, okay. When I okay. when I mentioned the Tom Sizemore documentary, um, a lot of people don't realize I paid from the Kickstarter campaign, the Subway Sun Kickstarter campaign. If you remember that, I do. I paid. I, I, I paid him what's called a pay or play, and. It's when you invest in an actor with a name and Tom was in the middle of a comeback, like a legitimate comeback. He, he had a recurring role on a TV show called The Shooter. Um, so, so you invest in an actor, you, you, you attach them to your project, Subway Sun, and you hope that like it, it, it uh, entices other investors, right? Right. To, right. Which it did. So the long or the short to, ask your, to answer your question about Subway, I'm still trying to make it. Two projects have... Two projects have come along in spite of Subway Sun. So every time I try to pitch it to somebody, they go, look, man, we see that you can raise money. Maybe this project is more marketable. And with this, with the documentary, Tom ran over a stuntman on the Mark Wahlberg series. So within three months of me investing in him, attaching him to my project, he ran over a stuntman and then he was investigated. And then the next week he had an assault and was in jail. Oh, so oh. he he went from being literally on his way back to being an A-lister to being on TMZ um, and and imprisoned and removed from the show, The Shooter, which was a big hit. Mark I Albers. mean, I'm,
0: I'm currently on season three of The Shooter, which is funny you said that um, because he was the CIA operative senator guy, right?
2: Yes, and he yeah. he he was he was in a um, an SUV uh, Escalade with with um, Omar Epps and backed over a stuntman. And it, it, it's a really tragic story because, you know, from what they say, like he, he didn't have anything in his system. And, you know, I try to give Tom the benefit of the doubt, but he's a very sick person. And um, it, we've called it saving size more because we really hope for the guy because he has a good heart. There's just so much tragedy. And I relate to his um, to his upbringing. I mean, he was blue collar. His dad was pretty rough. Um, his dad was actually – a professor at harvard so tom is is like almost like an idiot savant he's extremely intelligent like literally verbatim anything you say to him he will remember even now after 30 years 40 years of of drug use it's incredible really but you know he's 60 now and um i can't tell you that he's he's in a a, a sober place but you know again he'll tell you he is but that's up to the jury. The jury's out on that, right? So mm-hmm. that's what happened with Subway Sun. It's still a marketable project, but what happened is we, his manager and I, in the interim of trying to pitch Subway and get it made, became friends. For six years, we've been trying to get it developed. Now, when COVID hit, we saw all these documentaries, and there's a lot of them. Val Kilmer being one. Tom was friends with Val. He's actually in that documentary that just came out. Okay. Okay. Um, when they, the segment where they're talking about troubled actors, Tom pops up. And um, so at the end of the day, that was more marketable. I put it out there and I was able to raise right around $150,000 based on, based on doing a documentary um, during COVID because as you guys may have heard doing a movie during COVID in the early stages was really, really difficult. It's still really difficult. Mm -hmm. A lot of productions are going non-SAG. Which means, you know, they're just—they're just—they can't put up with the protocols of the—the the third of the um, budget goes up. You have to house people. You have to, you know, have tents. You have to have on-set nurses and all sorts of things that are just really hard to meet,
1: especially right. financially. Right. So, and the testing,
2: was not there a lot of testing? Oh yeah, I, I was in a hotel room during COVID. During I got my first recurring on invasion a series on apple tv it was three episodes and it took 20 years and i do i was doing the first episode in uh westchester new york and i'm playing a national guardsman mm-hmm. um and the real national guard because it was in westchester which was, if you guys remember the first place that the outbreak hit oh, yeah, um cool. the real national guard came in and sanctioned the town and actually shut down the town and started with the uh protocols of, of, you know, making people be inside and, and every, I don't know if you guys remember that early 2020, but it was March of 2020. I don't think anybody's going to forget that. (laughs) So I literally, literally, I wrote a song about it. Um, it, it, I wrote a song because I was so devastated. It took me 20 years to get a, you know, a major spot on on a major network from the makers of um, X-Men and Martian so it was a $200 million series. And here I had two more episodes to shoot and they shut the whole thing down. They shut the oh, whole God. industry down. So luckily, um, you know, everybody gains 20 pounds during COVID. I'm, I'm on <laughs> unemployment, you know, the whole thing. Like I'd never been on unemployment in my life, but here I was making for the first time a nice little payday. Um, So I qualified. But anyway, they brought it back because there was such a nice budget. And we were in a hotel room in the bubble for about two months. So like you said, the testing was three times a week. I stayed 23 hours a day in a hotel room in Woodbury, New York to shoot the the last two episodes. And uh, like I said, I'm on episode five, seven, and nine, uh, Invasion, Apple TV. But yeah, I think I look different in in seven and nine because (laughs) – of all you know? Oh, join the club, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a gift. I mean, the, like, anytime there's a tragedy, there's usually some sort of gift that comes along after. But I thought it—you know—I didn't think they were going to bring the show back, and they—they they brought. It was the first one to reopen, actually, because they had such a nice budget. So, and that
0: was, so 2019, I had read in your bio, it was like your biggest year and then COVID hit. So when did Flight Attendant come along?
2: Right before my first, uh, literally the week before my first episode on Invasion. Oh,
0: so So it was like, uh, boom, 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 like you're, you're on fire and then bam, COVID hits.
2: I mean, I cried my, I, 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 yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry my eyes out. I looked at my wife. I said I was out there doing it. I was doing it, and here this hits. So yeah, it was it was hard, and 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 I started to really process that it was hard for everybody. I was reading articles, and I remember obviously it hit in London well before us, and there was a lot of people kind of offering, you know um advice on how it was going to go down like you're going to really think about your life you're going to reach out to people that you grew up with and you know you're going to remember you're going to just remember what makes you you and and what makes you tick and i remember feeling that way and i'm sure you guys might have too Mm -hmm. you know and i'm a musician so i obviously for the first time i just started doing the live streams and playing songs and you know because i play out musically and mm-hmm. uh, getting, getting paid that way. Felt a little weird, but, um, you know, everybody was super grateful for it. Although my neighborhood actually filed a complaint because I live in a geriatrics community.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I remember, I think you posted something about that because you were putting the live streams. And I was, my husband and I were actually listening to your music on, I think it was Friday nights you
2: were doing it. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah, it and was. I, it was. Thursdays and Fridays, usually, yeah.
0: I would pour a glass of wine and we would listen to you sing.
1: <laughs> what genre okay. of music do you play?
2: Uh, well, a lot of modern country, but like I, I st- I'm a classic rock guy. I got away from it because obviously, um, it just was so dominant for like, I mean, it's the greatest music of all time. Classic rock, in my opinion, the the writing was fantastic. Great. People, people just seem to tell stories better, and and I mean some of the greatest rock bands of all time led zeppelin you know the whole nine Mm -hmm. the worst blah 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 but um so anyway that the the, i do that stuff too i was in a classic rock cover band when i was doing the new york city thing in my early 20s but now i play um yeah i kind of like a lot of the modern country and chris stapleton i think is one of the greatest singers we're gonna He's one of my CNN.
1: favorites.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, my hope, my hope and prayer is that he continues to put out stuff because I think that, I think he's yet to really to hit his stride is, you know, yeah. because it, I think music lacks a lot. And I think that he's just a, a again, I think he's like almost a, a throwback from, um, you know, the seventies and sixties, vocally <laughs> soulful, the most soulful I've heard in a long time
1: like
0: an old soul yeah i yes. agree and he's only in
2: his 30s yes. he's like 30.
1: you wouldn't know it if like looking at him you wouldn't know that
2: not it's at great. all he's got like he's got four kids but he he's what makes him great is he's grounded he he, he yes. sings about the love of his life he sings about his children he sings about the dying dog you know all that stuff <laughs> that you know i grew up with willie nelson and johnny cash and real songs about real <laughs> things not the No offense to anybody that likes Sam Hunt, but hey, girl, how you doing? (laughs) Everybody looking at you wouldn't walk through the door that you smile like that all the time. I I don't conceive that to be music.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's great. That's funny. So are you going to do comedy, too? That's
2: great. (laughs) Honestly, if I could slow my brain down enough. That's why I love New York city. I feel like it's the only place in the world that moves as fastly as, as quickly as my mind, but mm-hmm. um, cause I'm all over the place, but yeah, my son loves my impressions and I can do some pretty decent impressions, but um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not my strong suit when I'm actually told to do it on camera, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love comedy. I, I love ha- laughing, having a good sense of humor.
0: Well, I think it's funny. I watched you on an interview, um, and I had heard you say that you always had this baby face and you would show up for, in a police uniform and go to interviews. And that's how you think you started to get the police roles in a lot of these shows. And then now that you're in your 40s, and I think I think men just age so wonderfully. Like they, right, yeah. they do look better as just they age. My husband will be 60 and I think he's the most gorgeous man in the world. But <laughs> I think, I really do think that um, you're... I know your wife's going to be like, what is she talking about? I think you're more attractive now than you were at 25.
2: 25. I looked like every dude walking through New York. I mean, I don't want to say it, you know, but I worked really, really hard back then, like to look a certain way. And and, and I, but in my defense, I wasn't the guy that got off the plane at LAX just looking some way. Like I actually was working. At my craft. I didn't do any auditions for a long time. And when I finally did it, I paid, like I said, I paid a casting person, which is a long shot, and I wind up getting somewhere. But um, yeah, so it, it's it, obviously that was three hours a day of working out and going to the, you know, riding a pedicab all the time. And yeah, I, I appreciate the compliment, but at the end of the day, um, if the grays are working, you know, let's keep the money going. <laughs> I just, you know, I it is what it is. You know, I say I, I'm insecure about my hair falling out, but at the end of the day, it's like, I could just shave my head, grow a beard. Although I can't really grow a mustache, but I'll just paint it on, I guess. And, and do a different, different character because all that stuff is in, you know, well, is that what John Travolta did. What? John Travolta has, he's has bald. fooled a lot of people for a very long time. Yeah. He's 100% bald. So is Nick Cage, by the way. Um, I yeah, but it, it it it's starting to get more normal to that people. You know, women go get their lips done, they get their cheeks done, and why can't men go out and just kind of throw on a toupee for an acting job? Or yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had somebody make fun of me on my YouTube feed for uh, a series I did called um, Power Book Three, and they asked me if I some hater out there asking if I did my own FX uh makeup because my bald spot was showing and it's it's really easy for me to cover up my bald spot right it's it's just easy because i still have a lot of hair well Um, there's
0: always going to be a lot of ugly out there no matter what (laughs) i mean people people are just they can just be ugly and part of its jealousy part of its insecurity right so no i I, didn't actually
2: I go the other way with it at this point. I say, let's talk about it. You know, it's like let's talk about why you're so why you're so mean. Why, what? You know, some people say don't even acknowledge it. For me, I've heard it for so long because I was a very gifted. I was a good athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as time goes by, you pick up some gems and you start to really learn how to talk. And I wasn't necessarily always a good talker. wasn't somebody that could leave a really great you know, spiritual message, but I've been dealing with hatred for a long time. So at this point I'm like, you know, my brothers, they are my wife too, let it go, let it roll off your back. But I'm, I'm fascinated by people that, you know, cause they don't have to be like that. You know right. what I mean? Right. People that go around, I think it's a really ugly, um, dichotomy of the internet that has, has happened with, with, you know, comments on everything. And I think it's changing because people are starting to recognize it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to to go around and just troll people, as they say.
0: Well, it's that but, safety behind the keyboard, right? Because it doesn't, you have, yeah. If you're face to face, you wouldn't say that to somebody, but I mean, on
2: the, that, on the Mike keyboard, T- that Mike Tyson mean that goes around a lot. Of, Facebook has made people so comfortable talking smack on people without getting punched in the face. Exactly.
1: So
2: exactly.
0: So, um, so what's next? I mean, so you're on flight attendant. What's, what's coming up? Do you have anything that you can tell us about that's coming up?
2: Yeah. Uh, well I, I can't, I do have a. am uh, going to pop up on a extremely, uh, big budget series on Showtime. I don't okay. know when, okay. um, but I, I did book it and worked, uh, about a month ago, not even three weeks ago. Um, in New York. And then, uh, I, am there's a guy from New York who is married to a a woman named Amanda Clayton, who is the lead opposite Kevin Bacon on HBO max, um, city on the hill. Mm -hmm. Um, he wrote a screenplay again, subway son. I said, Hey man, take a look at this script. He said, I've already read it. Now I think I have something better. He sent me something called St. Michael of the city.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: And I'm telling you, I said to myself as I'm reading it, I just got real humble and I said, you know what? He's right. It's better. It's better. Than, it's it's better marketability wise because I'm starting to think like a, a producer, somebody that wants to see movement, especially with like all the depressed people out there. They want to see things that can kind of keep them awake. Mm-hmm. Somebody's another dark story like right before your eyes, you know. Um, but the script is so good. It's like State of Grace meets um, The Town. It's about a guy who grew up, um, you know, kind of broken home, same same as his buddies. He he encounters this guy named Cuz who's like takes him under his wing and is just a real confident guy, like kind of like Dallas Winston from The Outsiders, the the Matt uh, Dylan character, right? (laughs) Yeah. So they're a low level crime gang in his early twenties, and he gets put away for the boss's. felony that he, that he commits. And he gets put away for about seven years. Now, in order to get out early, um, this prison in in Philadelphia, he has to infiltrate undercover this, this gang that he grew up with and loves. And they, they've graduated onto like, you know, murders and all sorts of like heinous crimes. Now he's gotta, he's gotta bring them down, but he really only wants to bring the guy down that brought him you know, put him in prison. So it's it's a really powerful story. Like I said, I've raised uh, a significant amount of funds for it, based mm-hmm. on the script, but also based on who Kevin is. I'm not ashamed to say Kevin's a little further along in his career than me. He's got he's got a lot of recurring roles. He's also on the same show as his wife Amanda Clayton on
1: mm-hmm. City
2: on a Hill mm-hmm. as a detective. Um, so it's going to be a really really powerful script and it, and a uh, powerful movie.
0: So are you liking the, the producer role?
2: do I like it?
0: Yeah. Do you see yourself? Yeah, do you see yourself, yourself? I don't
2: know why I just, yeah, I don't I mean, know it, why I just got there. As I, as I get, um, as I come to my mid forties, let's not that I'm an old man, but I grew up in a bar and I felt this age when I was about 14 years old, just because of the, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in a bar. I grew up in a business and, and, you know, a lot of really good, good old boys shaking hands, looking at each other. And I doing you got people, good people, a lot of problems, but like people that would give you the shirt off their back, honest people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Kevin, I've had a lot of uh, dicey business dealings in this industry. Cause there's a lot out there to be had. Kevin came along and he's, he's just like, he's just with the doctor order. He's just like the people that I grew up with honest. He actually fought in Iraq war. He's a, he's a army vet. um, really, really honest. His word means that, everything. And, um, yeah, depending on the right team around you, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the producing can be, well, a it's, it's very rewarding and, um, lucrative B. It gives you more control of what it is that you actually want to do. So yeah, I've, if I could have my druthers, I would love to be a director producer and, uh, and kind of hang up the acting. um, in the future. I would like to play like character type parts, not the lead. So this one's a lead. This one's going to kind of get me in the spotlight. Um, but I don't need that. That's not what I need in my life. Um, un- unless the, the script speaks to me, which w- this one did, it's mm-hmm. kind of a dream come true really. Um, and right before <laughs> your eyes was too, but this is going to be better.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you were very moving in right before your eyes. I mean, I, I, I cried.
2: Uh, I think everybody does. Uh, most people cry at that. I mean, it's very relatable, right? But even your acting, like you were very, you were so real and raw. Yeah, that was um, a lot of the things that I've already discussed here without really discussing it, right? I mean, it was... It had to be really uh,
0: difficult. Yeah, exactly. It
2: was, it was all in my wheelhouse. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I saw that little boy sitting there in that one scene and... and I, it was a shame because there were some of the most raw tears that I had. And this is for any inexperienced actors out there came before the camera was in its close up because you never really know when you they have so many different lenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to give the big cry away until you absolutely know that the close up is there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that a, a couple of times, which I've heard other actors talking about. Um, Rob Lowe, in particular, and the Outsiders, but yeah, it was um, it was a really. Sh- I remember that particular day. I, I don't know if you remember the scene with me and the kid. Mm-hmm, um, I do. When I'm saying goodbye, but the I had to go do Halloween trick or treating with my son after like 14 hours of crying on set. Oh that's one of the most difficult things to do as an actor is kind of leave the character at the door and and go back into your life. That's what makes it a job. You know, it's not easy. It really is not easy. And, and the people on set aren't always like, you know, they're, they're doing their job and they're not always respectful of what it is that you're, sometimes they will be talking and you'll be in a sense memory thinking about where you need to go. And it's, it's a lot harder than people think. That's why you have these explosions on set and people catch it. You know, the Christian Bales, Mm-hmm. Um, right.
1: You said you have a son. Now, is he interested
2: in acting? He did a commercial with me um, oh. in oh. in Delaware. It was a hardware store commercial, and uh, okay. and I remember just being like, you know, it, you they can tell you people can tell you all day long about what it is to be a father or a mother, but until you're there and you see the you see that look of like trepidation and you know, it's like your heart's outside of your body. And again, you're doing this in front of like 30 people and everybody's got a different assignment and they're not always the warmest people, people on set. It's not, it's not always an easy, you know, happy feeling on sets. It, It isn't, it's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things to do. And my, here's my four year old son. He's driving this little, um, electronic Jeep, I'm buying all this hardware stuff for the um, for the farm, I guess, in, in in Delaware. There, slower, lower, and he comes up in, <laughs> in, in, in jeep. And the jeep was pink, by the way. They they um they used computer animation to make it green. And um, I guess I was supposed to. I'm ringing up all this stuff. I'll send it to you. But they, I'm ringing all all this stuff, and I'm like ready to check out. And he rolls up in this jeep, this um, motorized jeep. And he stops and like right on my foot. I get, I break out my um, my credit card and 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 buy the jeep. But he his little face. You know the director's telling him what to do, and he had to do it like six, seven times. And I'm like, please be able to stop. Please be able to stop because it's hard. It's hard to do when people are watching. You know.
0: It sounds stressful. I mean, I know just uh, the little bit when I was with Kelly and we were sitting at the bar scene that you did for Subway Sun, which I found my shirt the other day, which is funny. It was in my T-shirt drawer. And uh, I was going to wear it today and <laughs> send you a picture. But
2: now, are you, are you guys you guys aren't on camera, right? This is just for the the radio or
1: yes at this point we're not on camera yet we we will eventually be on camera but we haven't done that yet this is just our voice it's just voice over air okay
0: we think our facial expressions (laughs) would would probably be very entertaining and distracting to some but our goal is to go bigger with the
1: podcast
2: i can't wait for that
1: yeah we feed off of each other really well like and, and I think we've had people, friends of ours, say that we should do video because of our banter back and forth, just our body language. And that's how and, we sound alike. Yeah, how we sound alike. It's hard for people to tell who's speaking. So they said that if you did video, it'd be a little easier to know who's speaking.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm starting to catch that. That was, the, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know who it was. Jenna? It's, Jenna? That was yeah. Jenna. It sounded like Jenna. It sounded like Jenna. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, so that's, that's what we were, we would love to do video and, um, you know, and then part of it too is, is an insecurity thing. You know, we have to get over that ourselves to put ourselves out there, but I think we're going to do
1: it. I think so. I think so. You should do it. You guys sound
2: confident. You don't sound nervous at all. Um, I've done a few of these things. Brian, uh, Brian O'Hareland, he was actually in, right before your eyes, he has a podcast and he's, he's had me on. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you guys sound confident and comfortable and professional. That's all I'll say.
0: Oh, thank, thank you. you. Well, it was funny when we were looking at your bio, cause we always do a quote. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm big on quotes, but I had seen in your bio page, it says, it's nice to be important, but more important to be nice. How true is that?
2: Yeah. A Jamaican told me that one time. I told him no, I was Jamaican. It
0: was, it no. was an accent. Say
2: accent. He said, "Oh, you're Jamaican. Nice to be important. More important to be nice." He oh, was. Um, he, he, yeah, man. No problems. No problems. <laughs> That's <laughs> you're gonna get me. You're gonna get me quoting myself when I was 19, but uh, smoking <laughs> when I was smoking weed all those days. <laughs> but. Have you got any ganja, man? <laughs> No problem. No problems. The Cayenne the Cayenne and get But anyway, um... don't get me started on <laughs> started. Oh But yeah, I mean, how, how true is that? But it's not always. It's it's not always the case. I mean, especially I got no problems. You know, um, I'm not going to name names, but I've been in industries where you know, it, the car industry, for instance. It's like. It is so cutthroat. It's almost worse than the entertainment industry. Um, and it's you know, I I am happy with policing in this country. I'm happy with the fact that there are body cams now, and and and, and you know because it's you can see the difference. I've been pulled over in today's climate, and that they're they're a lot more polite. That they're they're a lot more patient, and they should be. Uh, You know, I, I went through a police academy that the story that you said earlier about me wearing my uniform, that, that was a real police academy uniform. That's when I started booking all my work because I actually, you know, I guess subconsciously and whether or not I knew it, I was emoting that like experience. You just don't know that that's what you're doing, but I was a different person because I went through that experience saluting the flag every morning. You know, taking a wall when somebody was walking by you in the police academy and basically preparing yourself to be Superman out in the street because that's what it is. I mean, you're supposed to know the law inside and out and, you know, run the – physically, I had no problems with it because – but but taking tests was really hard um, because it was always – it felt like trick questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. discretion is not a thing that, you know, it you, you can't measure discretion. You can't measure – life experience in urban communities. So a lot of the people that get hired onto a police force are people that haven't spent much time in urban communities, which is not me. I grew up playing football in North Philly and, you know, um, Keystone state league and just, just inner city people were, were kind of my people. I I related to them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so the police, and plus I had an IMDB page. So the police Academy was not necessarily always nice to me. So, um, yeah, nice to be important. More important to be nice. I mean, how how great would it be if people understood that? It's, it's not the world we live in. Um, I'd say sixty-five to seventy percent are still really good people. Uh, yeah,
0: I think we have to believe that because if not, then where where are we? You know. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I I I couldn't think of anything. Quote wise. And I literally just put that up there like a month ago. <laughs> that okay. quote.
0: Well, yeah. Jenna caught it actually. She's like, Oh, we should use that as our quote. Cause I had one that I thought was fitting for you. And it was when you feel like quitting, remember why you started and it's, you know, security and taking care of your family. Right. At
2: and this it's, point, yeah. it,
0: it yeah. started so as a passion, right?
2: Yeah. I- it's funny how the thing we were talking about earlier – and this is – please don't, you know, feel bad for me or make it a sadness. But the, the truth of the matter is the more you succeed, the more pe- – some sometimes there's a lot of people come out against you. And it's like they do things in spite of or to, to you know – to make you feel a certain way. And you know, th- th- there's rap songs about it, you know, f- from beginning of time, you know, people, people will, uh, so, so more, more often than not, most people will support you, but if fame is something, um, or notoriety, for instance, in my case, because I'm not famous, I, I work with famous people. Notoriety is something that like, there's a lot of things that come along that, with it that you don't want <laughs> And you don't know how to do this a lot of the time because it's like, dude, you know, some of my closest friends, some friends that I thought were close friends, I've I've completely moved on from because none of them have any concept of how hard it was to just to get here, just to get to where I'm at now, where I'm providing with a career that like everybody thought was a pipe dream. And if I really boil it down to and, you know, I try not to think about others too much, but I mean, we're human, right? Right, if yes. I really boil right. it down, I've already gotten further than most people ever would have expected me to get, being the kid that I was and where I came from.
0: Well, I, I think that you should be very proud of how far you've come. And I I think the fact that you are so humble and grounded that you're going to go much further, whether it's producing or acting or both. But I, I hope that you continue to play at local places because I think, I think that that really keeps you in that place of grounding. Mm -hmm. Don't you agree?
2: I I agree. I picked up the guitar for the first time in like two months, because all I've been doing is trying to get this thing done with the with the script and um, auditioning a bunch. I mean, it's it's starting to get slow, which is fine. I read a quote from a guy today that was on uh, guiding guiding light or something that are occurring forever. And it was that the in-betweens, you know, the in-between acting jobs are so um, prevalent for for people in the industry that's the time where you really need to find your happiness, where you really need to, you know, lean into your family and, and do the things that keep you ground and make you feel normal. And every time I pick up my guitar, it's like, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. I just didn't feel smart enough to do it because there's a lot of math involved and I wasn't great at math. And um, believe it or not, you know, the motor skills are only part of it, you know, uh, but, but, there's some people that are super whizzes on the guitar, like really quickly. And I really think it they, they comes from a different place in their brain. They just have that, the, the math down. And for me, I'm not a natural guitar player, but when I play the G chord or the C chord after like two months, I'm telling you, it's like euphoria. I, I, I automatically get this Zen feeling. And I was playing a Leonard Skinner song. Um, a really subtle song that was famous for, uh, I can only write about it is what it's called. And it, it just brought tears to my eyes. Just two days ago I was playing for the first time in two months.
0: It does you know? seem particularly like you seem very comfortable and joyful when you're doing it.
2: Yeah. No, it brings me back to what I what I love about being alive, you know. I mean, that was the whole thing that got me started. I was a singer. And in seventh grade, the principal at my junior high was like, I heard you can sing. There's this play coming and it was a blue ribbon school. It was Tammany middle school. They do a lot of really awesome things. The scholastics, great, uh, athletics. And she, because of my place in the school as this football star, Conrad birdie was like a perfect role for me because he didn't have many lines. So if I stunk as an actor, at least I could sing and and make it look okay. Um, (laughs) that was it. You know, as soon as I did that play and the place was packed, I had this gold suit and, and, um, and, yeah, the standing ovation, I was hooked from, from 13 on.
0: How cool is that? I, I just love yeah. your story. I really did. I, I do think you're an inspiration, and I'm so happy that you're in such a good place with everything.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's a day at a time. It's um, sometimes a moment at a time. But, the, like I said, the most fruitful things in life are the ones that you, your son and your wife. And, and I almost have to – check myself when I see people that don't desire that. And it's, it's like, you know, every to each their own. But for me, you know, it's like this, the, the line that, uh, from, uh, tombstone, you know, that's heaven on earth for me is it's, it's my idea of heaven is my son and my wife and them being content. And, and, um, you, my son, he's, he loves movies. He loves storytelling. I don't think that he, you know, to answer your earlier question, I don't think that he ever really cares to be in the spotlight. He's just not that type of kid. Um, but he really loves the process of, of movie making. Um, and when we went to his second grade, um, parent night, I got to discover, you know, some of the things that he was writing as to what he wanted to be when he was older. He wanted to be a movie maker. He um, loves Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So like our favorite things to do is, and it's been my favorite thing to do since I was little is go to the movies. And he seems to have gotten that gene from me. Maybe um, he'll be
0: the next Adam Goldberg. <laughs>
2: He, he could be I mean my, my son is a whiz he's 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 uh he's a little shy but he's intelligent and um, there's not a dinosaur that he doesn't know like he's he's smarter than me like he fundamentally just knows things way quicker than a second grader should um, and good things not you know not bad things like I did <laughs> I wasn't allowed to ride the school bus because of the, some of the words I knew growing up in a bar, but uh.
1: Oh my
0: goodness! <laughs> I love it. That's great. I love it. Well, we want to thank you so much and wish you all the best. I know Jenna was—you uh, have a producer friend in Hollywood that yes. you were gonna send. I to. did actually.
1: I sent it to him. Um, I sent your script to him today.
2: Did I send you Saint Michael?
1: You did. You did.
2: Oh, that's did. awesome. That's thank you. That's yeah. Huge. I
1: sent it over. He's he's a producer. He started his own um, company. He's out in L.A. And um, he we're actually interviewing him in a, probably a few weeks. We're going to do his, an interview with him as well. So we'll send you the link okay. and you can listen in if you want. But yeah, I sent it to him and just said check this out. So
2: I appreciate that. I mean, it, listen, no hard feelings if he has. Most producers are are doing you know a million things at one time, but at the end of the day, raising Raising anything is hard. Raising, you know, what I've raised is, is even harder. So, like, yeah. just, so, just so he knows, it's, it's a significant budget. I, I can't disclose what it is, but it's, it's going to be a really professional film. And it will get distributed and it will make money. So,
0: Let us
2: um, not need any extra. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to put out a post. We, we, have, we actually locally um, not only have a venue at the Amber Inn in Doylestown. They have an upstairs that kind of looks like Sopranos, which is perfect. Awesome. Um, awesome. we're, we're going to shoot the, because it's a smoking bar. I know you guys probably aren't smokers. I'm not either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got that gritty feel to it. So we're going to definitely need extras that, that day that we shoot there. So I will be posting that. And, um, that nice. will be in June, second week of June.
0: Oh, oh, second week of June. Okay. Well, hopefully I, <laughs> where <are> you going? <laughs> I have a billiards tournament. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I joined a billiards team, Adam. <clears throat> you're
2: playing, you play uh, you're playing pool.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm only a level two, but I'm having a lot of fun.
2: You got the, the, the Paul Newman color of money thing going. Are you, are you hustling, people?
0: I, it's funny. <laughs> I, the one guy said to me, I look like the hustler when I walk in because I have my mom's pool stick in this really long, thin, old-fashioned pool case, pool stick <laughs> case, and uh, I did pretty well. I beat a five the other night. I was pretty impressed with myself.
2: That's all. Are you yeah. doing trick shots?
0: Well, I try, but the guys get a little nervous on my team when I try to do that.
2: Because they get hit with the ball. It comes off the table, huh?
0: <laughs> no, no. Actually, I, I do the pool stick behind my back, and they all just – their eyes get big, like, don't do it, don't do it. So I have to get the bridge. Right. Like it's – I just mess with them because I think that if you're not laughing, what's the point, you know? Hey, well,
2: listen, the, War, the Warwick Tavern, you've been there. It has a pool team. So if you're ever looking for another team – Um, yeah, you're a shoe in
0: Uh, (laughs) Ah, well, we're going to all cities in June. That's the 10th, 11th and 12th. So maybe if you could do it before that, I could be an extra. (laughs) No
2: pressure. We we, we will be, oh, you're going to be, so we'll be shooting up until July 1st. So if you're back in time, that will be another opportunity.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. You know I'm just teasing, but I'm I'm all about just putting myself out there and having fun. Yes. So well, it's what it's about.
2: Be fun. It's gonna be fun. And 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 um again, it's locally it's uh I'm hoping we can get some some press based on some of the talent. We've hired Brian Anthony Wilson. Um I think you know him. And mm-hmm. uh I mean Amanda Clayton is a is a is a big name, so um for what we're doing it's it's going to be completely professional
1: i'm super excited for you yes it sounds amazing
2: i'm kind of excited for you guys I, I can't wait for you guys to because you're really good at this i, I i'm kind of jealous Thank you. I <laughs> to do it, but it's another hustle isn't it
0: well yeah and we always laugh because our first few we didn't have music i was actually going to reach out to you because you know you have to pay for music and all that kind of stuff for our podcast so i was just Hitting the demo button on an old organ and it sounds really abrasive now. When we look back and listen to it, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But but it shows how far we've gone. <laughs> so we've grown. It's good. It's good.
2: Well, if you're feeding if you're feeding your 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 love for whatever it is that you're doing, then you, it's it's all good. It's positive stuff. So uh, yeah. again. Well, thank you. I don't even know. I didn't even know how to get on here. So you're, you're ahead of me.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. I guess we'll let you go because I'm sure you want to spend some time with your family since you're not always in town. And just props to you. I'm so happy for you.
2: Well, thank you. Um, keep an eye out. There's a lot more to come. Um, God willing.
0: Great. Well, will. Thank you. From your mouth to God's ears. Yes.
2: Have a good one, okay? Thanks. You too. too. Thanks
0: so everybody check out adam radcliffe he is really just a down-to-earth great guy thank you all for listening and again to take adam's quote you uh, today and i won't say it in my jamaican accent but just know that it's nice to be important but more important to be nice and with that namaste namaste